0: Hello and welcome to another episode of I'm Still a Mormon with your host me. Today we're going to dive into one of the hardest uh, subjects that we can talk about. This will be a very high level explanation. There is hundreds of books written about this, and um, I don't claim to know everything about our history and plural marriage polygamy. Uh, Celestial Law of Marriage, whatever you want to call it. I've read uh, several books regarding it, but that would just be a small snippet of the information that's out there. So my goal today is to give you an overview. uh, If all you know is the church's overview of polygamy, Uh, you have a very uh, watered-down version. And uh, the reason I'm letting you know this is with those who leave the church... Uh, If you were to to ask anybody that's left the church their views on polygamy, my guess is about 90% of them would say, yeah, that was one of the uh, biggest issues I had that led me out of the church. So polygamy in our history uh, really is kind of a hot mess and has done uh, some serious damage uh, with members today. So I just want to kind of share what I know about it, and again, it's very limited, uh, and I'll give you some uh, some reading uh, suggestions uh, from actually non-members, which is I th- I think is a really uh, good view of a couple books that I've read that I hope you might enjoy about polygamy. But let's dive in. Okay, first of all, most members think polygamy uh, was started and it was all about uh, one man being sealed to multiple women and that was it and that is not it when when this started and developed there were several variations of sealings and eternal marriages and some of those were uh, first there was obviously the traditional that you are aware of one man being sealed to multiple women women for eternity you could also I've, i've read in our history you could also be sealed as a polygamous wife for time only you can be sealed to a man as a polygamous wife for time only and a different man as a polygamous wife for eternity Also, you could be sealed as a man to another man. Uh, Say, for example, uh, John D. Lee was sealed to Brigham Young as Brigham Young's eternal son. Okay? Um, Again, a lot of this information you didn't get in seminary or institute or Sunday school classes. Some of the sealings were You've probably heard this uh, uh, phrase, spiritual wives, or uh, just an ordinance. And in those cases, it was a woman who was sealed uh, to a man uh, for eternity, but they didn't, uh, what I call play house, uh, live as husband and wife. So that happened. Then, of course, there was um, people that uh, played house and... Had children with multiple wives so it's not just several women picking a husband and being sealed there were a lot of variations of this going on and you need to know this because when when you look back at that and you try to look through uh, Joseph Smith's eyes Brigham Young's eyes those people who did polygamy there was polygamists in my family um, so I've read some of my family's experiences on this, but you need to know all those different variations of polygamy so you can make sense of uh, things that you read. For example, uh, one of the um, big issues uh, with those who leave the church um, in fighting against the church is Joseph Smith married, okay, Or you could I call sealed himself to 14-year-old, 15-year-olds. And so therefore, he's a perv, and it was all about sex. That proves it. Joseph Smith's uh, full of it, and it's bunk, and everything falls apart. Well, if you don't know that they were, there were all those versions of sealings and, and um, plural wives, then yeah, you can easily draw that conclusion, and I could, I could see that. But when you add the fact that there were just times where women were sealed to man... And that's it. Uh, no sex, no children. They didn't even live together. Then it brings the history into a different light, and it's more understandable. And I know the ex are going, yeah, that's just BS, and that's you're just being an apologist, but that's that's fact. Uh, they know, they meaning the ex, ex-members, they know there were many people that were just sealed only, and that they didn't play a house. They know that. But I just don't tell you that. So that's why I'm telling you that. So Joseph also sealed himself, uh, which might be a surprise to most of you, to other members' married uh, spouses. So in other words, he would seal someone else's wife to him for eternity. Now, again, (laughs) looking through our lens, Uh, Looking at today's society, the little you know about polygamy, and hopefully you know more about it already with all the different variations of it, that looks like crazy talk. But for some reason, and I don't know when it stopped, but but for some reason Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, John Taylor, they thought when you sealed yourself uh, for eternity to a uh, president of the church, or in this case, Joseph Smith, the prophet of God, that your family was basically sealed for eternity and you received salvation. Obviously, we don't teach that. We don't even discuss that uh, today, but that was a thing. And that's why a lot of these sealings from men to men and women to women and, and all that happened is because they had this, I don't. I can't say if it's true or false because they obviously believed it, just because we don't do it now doesn't mean it wasn't true. But they clearly believed that they were bringing salvation to families and for generations by sealing themselves to church leaders. So you add all that together the, the young uh, people that were sealed, um, men to men, you know, all those things polygamy really, really gets to be a hot mess. Understandably so. I can see where people are just looking at that and going, okay, I'm out. But I, I promise you if, you, if you look at it in, in an open mind, knowing all those variations, it's still difficult to handle. Uh, there's still a lot of head scratching going on, but it's easier to kind of make sense of it when you know um, all those things uh, that are happening. So there's lots and lots of different types of uh, ceilings. Now, you have to dig deep because there was no manuals. There was no, here's how you do polygamy. You're not going to find a, a church manual or a bishop guidebook uh, policy manual that says, here's how polygamy works. So you have to kind of dig in places and kind of stumble across it. And, and In one case, I stumbled across a journal, and uh, which kind of opened up some uh, a new, new information to me regarding polygamy. And in that journal, the people were telling a story where a young girl uh, was sealed to a polygamous man who had multiple wives. And this girl, I want to say, was between 14 and 16. I don't exactly remember the age, but it was young. And it was it was as if the in the journal she was kind of assigned to be sealed to this guy. And I know that happened. Uh, and I don't know how often that happened, but I, I was aware that that did happen. What I was not aware of is they made it sound in that journal that it was very common knowledge that if if that type of sealing occurred where a young girl was sealed at by request to a uh, an older man, and again, I don't know why, but they did that, probably to save their souls or their families or whatever, um... Then when that young girl, um, in the story that I read, that young girl, when she re- uh, reached the age of, I think they called it maturity, where she could actually have children, which I don't know when that is, you know, in <laughs> back then they had children pretty young. But when she felt she wanted to have children, it was common knowledge, at least in this situation uh, and, and in this uh, particular journal, that she could pick, and everybody knew this, she could pick another man and be sealed and to another man and have children uh, with that other man. So it was her choice at that point. Again, first time she got sealed, it wasn't her choice. That did happen. I don't, I don't understand it either. I um, haven't looked into it. But in those cases, they had the opportunity to choose who they got sealed to later. Uh, at least in that story. And they made it sound in that story that that was just common knowledge and everybody did that. So just want to clarify that. Again, the Exmos will not tell you about that. They'll just say that they were forced to get married at 14 and it was all about sex. Uh, Not the case, in my opinion. Okay, so let's talk briefly about how polygamy came about. Uh, Joseph Smith... The church, and this is on the church's website under the uh, gospel topic, church history gospel topic essays. Joseph Smith probably uh, received the polygamy revelation somewhere in about one thousand eight hundred and thirty-one, um, and he did not actually record it until Hiram, uh, his his brother that he really really looked up to. Um, convinced him to actually write the Revelation down for the first time. And that was on July 12th, 1843. And why Hiram did that, it's a fascinating story, because you might have read or heard that Joseph Smith wasn't a big fan of doing the polygamy. And to a point where, in history, he was uh, told uh, by an angel, if he doesn't, he's going to be slain. So... Uh, Joseph was trying to put it off. Joseph was trying not to do it, and if you read church history, uh, Joseph is quoted as saying, uh, "This is going to be the most difficult thing for me and the saints to handle uh, thus far." So he knew what he was—that it wasn't going to be a, a, a cakewalk, a walk in the park, whatever you want to call it. So Hiram wanted Joseph to have peace, and he said something to the effect—and I'm paraphrasing this—Joseph. Uh, Write down the let us write down the revelation, and I will take it to Emma, which is Joseph's wife. Um, and I will convince her of its truthfulness, and you will have peace. Hiram wanted Joseph to be at peace about this uh, law that was secretly being done by Joseph and others, okay? That's part of the hot mess. Joseph didn't come out and say, "Thus saith the Lord," at the beginning in eighteen thirty-one. Uh, Get some more wives. He secretly did this, and um, with his, with my studies and knowing how he felt about it and how he knew the saints would, it would just really be the hard, hard thing to do. I can understand why he was, why he started out uh, doing it secretly. Um, but that's what he did. Now, the Exmos will tell you, no, it was because he was a horn pooch and he was trying to hide his adulterous affairs with his wife, Emma. Okay, I can see how people think that. Um, But again, there's two sides to everything, and the Exmos weren't there. Uh, They didn't read Joseph's mind, and it could be the other way as well, and I'm just going to say that. So they didn't do it right away, Um, and getting back to the story, so Joseph says, okay, I will have you write down... um, the revelation, And he starts uh, to have a scribe write down the revelation and Hiram stops him and says, no, use the Urim Thummim or the seer stone because the members will take it more serious and Emma will too, which I think is a fascinating fact and we could talk about that for hours. And Joseph replied to Hiram, nope, I know every word of it. Um, write this down. And at that moment, Um, the scribe comes, I can't remember who wrote it down for him, but the scribe comes, Joseph spews all 66 verses, uh, just right there. Scribe writes it all down. You can go read section 132 and which I think is amazing that he had all 66 verses in his head and scribe writes it down. Joseph says, read it back to me. He reads it back to him, says, you got it. They made a copy of it. Uh, for history, and then Hiram took it to Emma, and I don't think Emma was ever convinced. (laughs) I don't think that went well. I don't, I've not read the actual outcome. Um, I just have I just know that Emma wasn't real hip about it. Um, She she supported polygamy maybe like for 24 hours. Let's just be honest. That's probably about it. Other than that, she did not like the uh, principle of polygamy. Uh, whatsoever, which I would say Joseph knew his wife well, and hence he hid it from her. And for all those exmos out there that think that is so unprofit like, and how in the world can that happen? Um, I just have a question Have you ever lied to your spouse? Okay, moving on. Um, so, what people also aren't aware of uh, that happened all the time, Joseph would go in secret and, and talk with uh, a sister and say, God's revealed to me uh, the, that I need to restore the principle of uh, uh, polygamy and here's how it works and I would like you to uh, be sealed to me uh, so I can obey God. And pretty much what would happen from that point is the woman saying, heck no, get away from me. Understandably so. And there are many, many stories where uh, later who, the people that Joseph uh, asked to enter a, a celestial marriage or a sealing would have very amazing spiritual experiences uh, on their own Uh, down the road, only to come back to Joseph and say, okay, I know it's a true principle. God has told me, Uh, let's go. And so that happened uh, not just with Joseph and his situation, but a lot of other saints. Because you can imagine, there wasn't a whole lot of saints that really were thrilled about doing, A, something in secret. Uh, B, well, let me back up. The temple stuff had already been going on, so they were kind of used to the secret stuff. I'll just say that. But this type of thing was just completely different and uh, very, very hard for people to take. I think Brigham Young, if I remember right, was quoted to say, this will be the hardest thing I have to do. And uh, and I can imagine. Put yourself in their shoes. Uh, that would be very, very um, hard to uh, comprehend, uh, let alone do, but many people received amazing witnesses, visitations, spiritual, whatever's. That who are we to deny that it happened? Uh, that told them that polygamy was something that they should do, and and they did. So, and then you most people have the feeling that uh, after joseph died polygamy was just kind of well known and everybody did it and and off we went but part of the reason joseph was hunted down and killed uh, wasn't just that the uh, the press got uh, destroyed is because joseph was doing polygamy and people were hearing rumors about it unfortunately for whatever reason joseph was still trying to suppress those rumors and it was just it just made things worse. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, calling out Joseph Smith and saying he did it wrong. Don't, don't get me wrong. I have I can understand why he tried to suppress it. I can understand why he did everything. Um, the whole, uh, flaming sword, uh, story, uh, you'll find that, uh, the only place I have found that is with Joseph's mother who wrote the first book about Joseph Smith. That's where that, uh, story is. And, uh, if you don't know the story, Joseph basically, Joseph's mother basically said she was told by Joseph that an angel came with a flaming sword and said, I will slay you if you don't do this principle. And my thought is, go ahead and kill me because Emma's going to do it anyways. You know, either way, I'm a dead man, so take me out, angel, right now. And I'm sure that crossed his mind <laughs> more than once. But, uh, Anyway, so people get the... I thought, you know, that everybody knew. Everybody knew about polygamy. It was open. The world knew and all that kind of stuff because of the history. But when all that stuff was going on and Joseph was killed, a lot of it had to do with the fact that, A, he was leaking Masonic stuff and using it in his religion, and B, uh, he was marrying and sealing himself to other people's wives and women, and that was just... In uh, 1838, 39 America, that that ain't right. And so um, the church, Brigham Young, um, kept this uh, suppressed uh, with the world and continue to hide it. And not even most members knew that it was going on for many years, uh, which I think is fascinating as well. So polygamy... Was really a hot mess and very, very difficult uh, for everybody um, that had uh, to to do it in its infant stage, its beginnings. People got used to it. Uh, people had wonderful experiences in that polygamous lifestyle. Yes, there were some bad experiences as well, uh, but for the most part, those who lived it um, thought it was pretty good. So, fast forward. And the government, uh, the, the saints are trying to, Utah is trying to get statehood. The government's trying to quench the polygamy. It's out in the open, and they're like, you can't do that. That's, if you want to be part of the, uh, the U.S., that's against the law. So you have to stop doing that to even remotely become a state. So the church came out and said, okay, we don't do it anymore in the states. And it was kind of a winky-winky because we still did it in Mexico. And that's where you get the Mexican colonies and people that moved down there. And then they ended up staying down there. And then we had what's called the Manifesto with Wilford Woodruff. And that was to end uh, polygamy uh, completely. And, um, but that polygamy changed very, very slow. Um, first of all, the, they, the leaders of the church, probably Wilford Woodruff, would tell everybody no new ceilings. But you could still, if you were already in a polygamous relationship, you could stay in that polygamous relationship. And then it was, you know, no new ceilings in Utah. And then you could do ceilings in, out of the country, Mexico. And then finally it was no new ceilings anywhere and you have to break up your polygamous uh, lifestyle. And that was yet another hot mess. And one of the the amazing, fascinating uh, parts about this is not too long before we ended polygamy, uh, the leaders of the church, and I would say bishops, uh, leaders, stake presidents, apostles, and things like that, they were pressured to either do polygamy, live that lifestyle, or resign. And then a short few years later, it was... If you're not out of that lifestyle, you're going to get excommunicated. So in a very, very short period of time, it went from everything's pro-polygamy to, hey, we got to shut this down. Now, what I'm sure most of you know, it wasn't just about statehood. The the U.S. had seized uh, most of the property that the church owned. Most of the leaders were either in hiding or in prison, and they were left there. Uh, and to pay fines uh, because of polygamy. Wilford Woodruff, uh, who believed in polygamy, practiced polygamy, uh, he basically, as the prophet at that time, the the president at that time, came to the conclusion, and you can say it was a revelation or common sense or both, a mixture, whatever, doesn't matter, because I think he did the right thing. But Wilford Woodruff came to the conclusion, we either... Uh, stop polygamy, or the church closes. Well, when you take it like that and look at it like that, obviously you're gonna stop polygamy. Uh, Soon after the manifesto in 1890, he uh, told the saints, I believe in General Conference, uh, and he reminded the saints, hey, there's been many things in our past that God commanded us to do that we couldn't accomplish because of the laws of the land, or the people wouldn't let us. This is just another one, and basically, it's either this or the the church ends. And I f- I feel, again, President uh, Woodruff, I feel the church should stay instead of polygamy staying. So we're ending polygamy, and it was a good move. It was it was the right uh, move, um, in in my opinion. So fast forward to. Uh, My youth, uh, we were taught in uh, seminaries, institutes, Sunday school lessons, priesthood lessons. I was taught that I would have to live polygamy to be in the highest uh, level of the celestial kingdom. And quite honestly, the reason I was taught that is because that's how it was taught uh, up until polygamy was ended. Um, That's why we did polygamy. It was the... um, celestial law of marriage. Eternal marriage wasn't just being sealed in the temple, eternal marriage for a hundred years, actually more, was being sealed to multiple women and in the temple. Big difference. Now, uh, if you're a lot younger than me or even slightly younger than me, you were not taught that. And I can't remember the last time I said in a lesson in church priesthood, Sunday school, read a manual that said anything about that. So it has been a long time uh, since the church has has taught uh, that principle and or even talked about it, uh, to be honest with you. And I doubt they will in the near future. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out, uh, especially President uh, Nelson, uh, with uh, his uh, being different uh, let's just say uh, he's a different president than we've had since Brigham Young, to be honest. We haven't had one like that since Brigham Young. Um, I could see him coming out somehow saying polygamy was a mistake and we disavow it or something. Uh, kind of like with the uh, the blacks being cursed with the priesthood, even though that was a doctrine that was taught. Uh, recently, the church, as you know, came out and said, ah, that wasn't doctrine, We we they were wrong, you know, kind of thing. I can see maybe somebody doing that with polygamy. It'd be tough because it's in the scriptures and all that, but hey, who knows? A lot of stuff in the scriptures we don't do anymore. (laughs) But uh, anyways, I told you I was going to give you a couple books to read. A couple of my favorite books to read about polygamy are both from non-members. The first one's called Saints and Sinners by a gentleman by the name of Phil Robinson. This book was written in 1883. You can still get your hands on it. Um, I have a a first edition of it myself. It wasn't too hard to find. And the cool thing about this book is this, he was a journalist, has a great writing style, if that matters to you, it does to me, has a great writing style. And he was a journalist that decided to go back uh, to Salt Lake City. He was was from Midwest, the East, somewhere. Uh, Go back to Salt Lake City, and it kind of exposed the whole Mormon thing because it was big, big news in the papers, um, very political at that time, and we got to stamp out polygamy and the, the horrificness of polygamy and all this kind of stuff, and he wanted to go kind of do an expose, and, and so he went to Salt Lake and lived among the saints for, I think, three months, and wrote a very interesting book about the lifestyle of polygamy in 1880s, uh, so you get a you get to go back in time and kind of see how that actually happened uh, from his perspective as a non member as well, which is kind of cool. But one of the quotes uh, that I love in his book was, "I am and I'm just paraphrasing. I am." He said something to the effect, "I'm convinced that everything that was ever written about polygamy from a non member was was false." That was the conclusion that he came up to. And if you don't know. There were a lot of people inside the church in the early days of polygamy and outside the church that were really, really going to town on false rumors and false lies about polygamy and saying all types of stuff that it wasn't. And uh, so, but he came out, interviewed people, lived among people, went to general conference, went to church, all that kind of stuff. He had free reign, and um, he he wrote that book, and it's a great it's a great book actually. And I found that out by reading another book. Of uh, one of our past prophets that said something to the effect that uh, polygamy, is, polygamy has been uh, misunderstood and and uh, villainized by the public for years and you know since its inception, except for uh, Robinson, who did a good job on his book, and that led me to find out what he was talking about, and that's where that's how I found Saints and Sinners. Great book, great read. The other book I suggest, uh, which gives a different perspective as well on polygamy uh, back in the day, uh, and actually recently this book was quoted in General Conference. Uh, I was really, real surprised when I heard that because it's not a well-known book. Um, and it, it's uh, written by a, a lady called Elizabeth Kane, and it's called Twelve Mormon Homes and then another long part of the, the title. But if you just look up Twelve Mormon Homes... Written by Elizabeth Kane, uh, you will find that information. And her husband was one of the most prominent non-members that helped the Saints out uh, in in our church history, um, and it, that nobody knows of. <laughs> uh, this guy was Thomas Kane was a a friend of the church who felt the church was mistreated and tried to do everything in his power, with his influence um, as a bigwig, and his family were well-known in political areas, Uh, tried to do his best to uh, help the saints. And he and his wife were invited by Brigham Young to uh, travel from Salt Lake to St. George, where Brigham Young went to uh, spend the winters in his uh, house in St. George, by the St. George Temple, if you've ever been there. And um, again, Thomas Cain being, being a good friend uh, of, the, of Brigham Young, he was invited out, so they brought, um, Thomas brought his wife, Elizabeth, and I believe two of their sons. And they traveled for 12 days, 13 days, 12 nights, from Salt Lake to St. George, and Elizabeth Cain wrote about her experience. Now, the thing you need to know about Elizabeth Cain is she hated polygamy. She knew the saints did it. She thought it was awful just like everybody else because she read the stories about how awful it was. And so she came into it with that attitude. And uh, if you read the book, uh, she gives a very honest opinion about polygamy and her experience in those 12 homes. I believe most of the homes they stayed in uh, were polygamist homes. There might have been a couple that were not but she decides to write a book about it, and it's a very, very informative book. So I'm going to leave you, that's the overall, again, very high level of why polygamy is a hot mess, uh, and it really it really is. Bless the saints' hearts for having to go through that. But I'm going to leave you with my favorite quote uh, that I read in polygamy by a prominent woman. You can go find it. I won't tell you who it is. But my favorite quote about polygamy is, I would rather go to hell as a virtuous woman than to heaven as a whore. And with that, that's my take on polygamy. Don't let it bother you too much. Uh, I understand it's hard, but just open your mind with all the different versions that you hopefully now know about, and it kind of makes more sense. Is it difficult to understand and Yes, I get that. I understand why the Exmos have a problem with it. But I think they're making a bigger deal uh, out of it than than need be. And um, I hope this helps. Thanks for listening.